talk about continuity and discontinuity between what we call the Old Testament and what we call the New Testament. And this is a much debated topic. You have entire schools of theology based on this particular topic. You have um, probably some hermeneutics teachers, from what I understand, will spend a whole semester just on these kinds of issues, the continuity and discontinuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, dispensationalists, covenant theologians, and others debate these kinds of issues. I'm not going to go into all of that, but I'm going to treat some of it briefly. Jesus raised the standard from the Old Testament to God's higher ideal. We see that in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard it said, you shall not kill. Well, Jesus says, you shall not want it to kill. Jesus regarded the Old Testament as God's word, but sometimes he said this was a concession for your weakness. God's ideal is really more demanding than this. Jesus drew principles from the Old Testament. He argued against his opponents' interpretations by citing other texts from the Old Testament, for example, mercy rather than sacrifice, or appealing to the way God created things in the beginning before sin. Salvation, however, was always by grace, through faith, and expressed in obedience. Exodus chapter 20, the commandments, before God gives these Ten Commandments, He prefaces them by reminding them, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, by reminding them that He redeemed them before He gave them the commandments. God chose Israel, Deuteronomy says, in Deuteronomy 7, only because of love. Or Deuteronomy 9, he says, not because of your righteousness, O Israel, did I choose you. Covenant faith, covenant faithfulness, was expressed by obedience. You see that in Deuteronomy chapter 30. And the way Paul explains Deuteronomy 30 in Romans chapter 10, uh, he quotes from it. He says, this is how it was with the law, and this is the application, because the same principle applies to God's word today. Um, the, 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 the law is not far from you. Uh, it's near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, Deuteronomy says. And Paul says in the same way, uh, it's in our mouth and our heart. When we believe God raised Jesus from the dead, we confess with our mouth that, that Jesus is Lord. Um, we, we also experience salvation, just like they did in the Old Testament, except with a, a fuller revelation, a fuller expression of it. Um, God's longing for our obedience is for our good. Deuteronomy 5.29, oh, that they had such a heart in them, that they would, that they would fear God and, and keep His commandments, God says. Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20, God just longs for His people's obedience, and He, he says He'll circumcise their hearts in Deuteronomy 30 so that they can keep His law. We obey because we're saved and brought into covenant with God. It's not we're trying to merit righteousness. It's a gift. But how far do we go with discontinuity? Was Jesus against the Sabbath or merely against its abuse? All the texts we have, he was merely against its abuse. Now, the rest of the New Testament doesn't say much about the Sabbath, but it doesn't, it doesn't revoke the Old Testament principle. In fact, the Sabbath itself was pre-law. It's already implied in Genesis 1 and 2. God built the Sabbath into creation by resting on the seventh day. So maybe... You know, he says, give your animals a break, and so on. Maybe our bodies actually do need a break one day a week. Now, some have insisted that this must be Sunday, and I, I respect people who hold this out of conviction. Um, when Eric Little 
took a stand and said he, he wasn't going to run on Sunday. You know, I respect that. And God blessed him and blessed his testimony for that. But the insistence that it be on Sunday, actually, it was, um, it's not in the New Testament itself. It, it was um, some of the early church fathers who apparently were looking for an alternative to the Jewish Sabbath. Um, and it came to be enforced by, the, by Constantine, who, stroke of political genius, pleased both the Christians and the sun worshipers. But it wasn't traditional outside the Roman Empire in its mission. For example, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church long kept the Sabbath on its traditional time uh, that it was specified as such in the Bible, namely Friday sundown to Saturday sundown, and also kept the Lord's Day on Sunday, uh, celebrating the resurrection. So we need to keep those kinds of things in mind. Paul wasn't against the law when the law was used rightly. Romans 3.27 to 31, where is boasting? Uh, it's excluded. By what law? The law of works? No. By the law of faith. And he says, we, we don't nullify this law by faith, rather we uphold the law. So there's two approaches to the law. You can approach it by trying to achieve righteousness or, or to boast in it. Uh, some people say boast in your ethnicity with it. Whatever the case, or you can approach it by faith, by a way of showing faithfulness to God's covenant. Paul goes on in the next chapter to demonstrate justification by faith by citing the law, Genesis 15.6. He also expects the obedience of faith, Romans 1.5 and 16.25. And new creatures in Christ live transformed lives by this gift, Romans 6.4, Ephesians 2.8, uh, and Romans 6.11, we have to reckon ourselves dead to sin, uh, believing what God has done in us, therefore we, we live accordingly. That's, that's an expression of faith uh, because of God's law written in the hearts, Romans 8.2. So Paul wasn't against the law, he was against the abuse of the law to try to achieve righteousness on our own. Some areas of continuity. We look for eternal principles, although they're expressed in cultural forms, just like Jesus did. We, we try to find God's heart. Uh, for instance, in Exodus 33 and 34, when the law was given, and God reveals his heart there, um, talking about his, his chesed, his covenant love, and his covenant faithfulness. And, and especially that heart is revealed in Jesus himself and his ministry. The Spirit was active in the Old Testament. For example, 1 Samuel 19, the Spirit of God fell so strongly among the prophets that when somebody came to kill David, he was knocked down by the Spirit and started prophesying. In 1 Chronicles 25, they, they prophesied in giving thanks and praise to the Lord in their worship. But that's even more so in the New Testament. So we should expect the Spirit to, to be working among us today as well. So that's an area of continuity. But while there are many different approaches on how we approach the Old Testament, how we read it, uh, we need to keep in mind we're, we're saved by grace through faith. We express that faith in obedience. It may not always be perfect, but we, we learn and we grow. But don't just pick and choose as suits you. Saying, for example, I'm so religious, I keep the Sabbath six days a week. Or in the Old Testament, adultery was a sin. Aren't you glad we're not under the Old Testament? God has many principles to teach us in the Torah, in the law. And through those principles, we can be better shaped for righteousness, for serving and pleasing God. <laughs>